Could God have provided us with salvation from heaven without sending Jesus into the world? Well, maybe so, but how comforting is it to know that Jesus dwelt among us, completely understands us, and lived to die and rise again so that we can live with him for all of eternity. Listen in today as Pastor Rander continues to explain the miracle of Jesus' life in this earthly plane in this message. He'll be speaking from a number of scriptures, so get your pen and paper ready as we begin. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 2a, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? Jesus did not become a king. He was born a king. Did you get that? He didn't just become a king. He was born king. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. No man could make him king. He is, he is king in heaven and he is king on earth. As a matter of fact, in the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verse 37a, it says, Pilate therefore said to him, Are you king then? Listen at Jesus' response. Jesus said, You say rightly that I am king. For this cause I was born. In this particular passage, Jesus affirms his own kingship. In other words, whether people or authorities acknowledge Jesus as king or not, he is still king in eternity past. He is king in eternity present, and he is king in eternity future. He's the eternal, everlasting, forever king. Jesus did not come as heir apparent to the Roman throne or any earthly throne. Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, did not come as a regent. He did not come as an earthly prince. He did not come as a duke. But Jesus came as the Prince of Peace. Jesus came as the Savior of the world. Jesus came as the Lord of lords and King of kings. I declare and submit to you today that Jesus is God all by himself and there is none like him. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Number two, the wise men saw Jesus because he is the Savior. They saw Jesus because he is the Savior. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, it says, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save, underline this, underline, he shall save his people from their sin. He shall rescue, that word inherit in salvation, he rescued us from our sin. He delivered us from our sins as we trust him alone. In Luke 19, verse 10, It says, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus did not come to save the tree. He did not come to save the bird. He did not come to save some creature. Jesus came to save lost humanity from their sins. He came for people made in his own image and likeness. The gospel of John chapter 3 verse 17 also says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be what? Saved. He came as a savior to rescue. But when he comes the next time, he's coming as a judge to judge the world in righteousness. 
So great was the love of God for fallen humanity that he gave his one and only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to save sinful humanity from the penalty of sin, the power of sin, and the future presence of sin. And those who place their faith and hope in Christ alone will be rescued from eternal damnation through the precious shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and live with him forever in heaven. Thirdly, the wise men saw Jesus because he is the eternal truth. The wise men saw Jesus because he is the eternal truth. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, it says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and everlasting life. Beloved, Jesus is the embodiment and essence of truth. In Christ was no sin. In Jesus, no deceit. In Christ, no guile. In Christ, no deception. And in Christ, no falsehood. Perfectly God, man. First Peter chapter 2, verse 22 speaks of the sinlessness of Christ. The scripture says, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Jesus says in John 14, 6, hey, I am the truth. Beloved, anyone who says that Jesus is not the truth is a liar. Anyone who says that Jesus is not the truth is a deceiver. Anyone who says that Jesus is not the truth is an antichrist. Satan will use every resource at his disposal to get you to believe that Jesus is not the true son of the living God. But I declare to you today and I submit to you today that Jesus is the son of the living God and he He is the personification of truth. To show you just how true Jesus is in Matthew chapter 2, verses 16 through 17. Herod was inspired by Satan to destroy the boy babies ages two years and under. If Jesus is not the truth, then what is all the fuss about? If he is not the truth, why why folks so mad? Why did Herod attempt to murder baby Jesus if he were not the truth? Why take the name of Jesus out of prayer? Why are people so resistant to him if he is not the truth? Why is he so hated by other religions if he is not the truth? Why don't they just leave Jesus alone if he is not the truth? They cannot because Satan knows the Messiah is the son of the living God who is the absolute personification of truth. James chapter 2 verse 19 says, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble that Jesus is God. They have enough sense to know he's God. After all, they fell from heaven. They saw Jesus in living color before their own eyes. They tremble before the name of Jesus. Satan knows the reality of who Christ is and is doing everything within his power to energize wicked people to persecute and destroy the children of God. Satan wants to destroy you.
He wants to destroy your children. He hates us because we covered by the blood of Jesus. He hates us because we are children of God. He hates us because we are on the Lord's side. Also, just as Satan inspired Herod to kill the Messiah, he has also inspired others to attempt to annihilate the Jewish people historically. And even today, Israel, Israel's surrounding nations and neighbors worldwide and worldwide even desire to completely wipe her off the map, wipe her off the globe. But I have some good biblical news for you today. The word of God is true and the word of God never fails. The same God who kept and preserved Israel in the past will keep Israel today as well as in the future. And all of Satan's schemes and strategies to defeat and annihilate the Jewish people will utterly fail. I repeat it again. Y'all were weak on that. And all of Satan's schemes and strategies to wipe out the Jewish people will utterly fail. I believe the word of God. I'm going to stand on it until God calls me from earth to heaven. I believe every word of the living God. And I will never, 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 never back down. Regardless of what people say, think, or do, the word of God is eternal and the word of God is true. You say, how do you know it, Draper? Because of Jeremiah chapter 46, verse 28. It says, do not fear, O Jacob, my servant, says the Lord, for I am with you, Israel. I will make a complete end of all nations to which I have driven you. But underline this, but I will not make a complete end of you. And if God is not going to make a complete end of them, nobody else is either. Nobody else will either. Nobody else will either. The nation of Israel is not going anywhere. It's going to be here because they are God's chosen people, the apple of God's eye to the glory of almighty God. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Nobody's going to hush my mouth. I'm going to preach the word of the living God because the word of God is true. And only the truth is going to set you free. Why don't you say hallelujah? Number four, the wise men sought Jesus because he is the only way to heaven. The wise men sought Jesus because he is the only way to heaven. The gospel of John chapter 14 verse 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. In the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 24, it also says, Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sin, for if you do not believe that I am he, God, very God, you will die in your sins. These verses speaks of the exclusivity of the gospel of Christ. Why would Jesus humble himself? 
Why would Jesus become a man? Why would Jesus down a cross to procure our salvation and then allow us to have many ways to heaven? If you refuse to believe that Jesus Christ is God, you will die in your sin and be condemned. Your soul, your very soul will be condemned to hell if you don't believe that Jesus is God all by himself. Number five, the wise men sought Jesus because they believed that he is God. The wise men sought Jesus because they believed that he is God. In Matthew chapter 2 verse 11 it says, And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. Why did they worship him? The wise men worshipped him because he is God. And when they had opened their treasure, they presented gifts to him, gold that's fit for a king. Yeah. Uh, frankincense is symbolic of his being high priest and myrrh symbolizing his death. Jesus was not only a man. Jesus was not only a great prophet. Jesus was not only a great teacher. He was God in human flesh. Perfect humanity and perfect deity. Jesus is one person with two perfect natures. I say it again. Jesus is one person with two perfect natures, the nature of God and the nature of man. This is called the hypostatic union. Say hypostatic union. When the last time you said that? Say hypostatic union. Hypo, say, say it again. Hypostatic union. Some of you might be 15 years before you say it again. Say hypostatic union. It means that Jesus was born without a sin nature and lived a totally pure life, a holy life, a pure life. Beloved, Jesus is God and man, one person with two natures. That's the hypostatic union. He was perfectly God and perfectly man. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When did Jesus come? When did Jesus come? The scripture says in Galatians chapter 4 verses 4 through 5, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son born of of a woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. At the precise moment in human history, God sent forth his son born of a woman, which speaks of the humanity of Christ and his virgin birth. Jesus was born under the law, did not violate any portion of the law, and perfectly obeyed it like no one else in order to provide salvation for we who are fallen humanity. Matthew chapter 5 verse 17 says, do not think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. How did Jesus come? How did Jesus come? In the gospel of John chapter 1 verse 1 it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word in this verse is Christ. In other words, you can say, instead of words, you can say, In the beginning was Christ, and the Word was Christ. And it was with Christ, and the Word was Christ. 
John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh. Christ, who was invisible, became visible. He became flesh and dwelt and tabernacled among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ is the personification of grace. If you want to know what grace is, look at Jesus. If you want to know what truth is, look at Jesus. If you want to know what hope is, look at Jesus. You want to know what salvation is, look at Jesus. You want to know what love is look at Jesus. Get a good look at Jesus. He's our everything. In these verses, we can see clearly, we can see clearly the pre-existence of Jesus as God before the virgin birth in John 1.1. In these verses, we can clearly see the pre-existence of Jesus as God before the virgin birth. Through obedience and humility, Christ humbled himself and became a man through the virgin birth. This is the incarnation which speaks of Jesus being clothed with flesh, taken on physicality, being sinless, being sinless in a human body and nature of man. Also, according to the gospel of Luke chapter one, verses 30 through 36, through the Holy Spirit's miraculous conception. And it was supernatural. Don't you know that? To have a baby without the seed of man, that's a miracle. Anybody else do that? You know, they're lying through their teeth. Or your child coming home talking about, I had a baby, but it wasn't by a man. I said, well, who was it by? Oh, my God. It was a supernatural birth from heaven. The one, and there will never be another miraculous birth. So nobody else can say I'm married. Nobody else can say I'm pregnant without the seed of a man. He was and is the son of the highest. He was and is the son of God. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, it says, Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance as a man. Oh, he was a man. He was a man. The humanity of Jesus, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death on the cross. This scripture speaks of the the humanity of Christ, though equal with God. The Trinity, one God and three persons. The Holy Spirit is God. The Father is God. Jesus is God. One God, look, look, one person revealed in, one God revealed in three distinct persons. All three are co-equal and all three are co-eternal and they operate eternally in the unity of the spirit. The scripture speaks of the humanity of Christ, though equal with God, Jesus humbled himself, humbled himself and became a God man and humbly submitted in complete obedience to the father's will. This is the doctrine of kenosis. In other words, in the incarnation, Jesus, won't you say kenosis? The doctrine of kenosis. In other words, in the incarnation, Jesus did not cease to be God. There was not a subtraction of deity in the birth of Christ, but the addition of humanity. Jesus didn't become God at his birth. He was God in eternity past. He was God in the flesh, and he's God in eternity. There's no time anywhere that Jesus ceases to be God. Why don't you say amen? 
If Jesus could cease to be God, then he is not God, but he is still God because he is God. When Jesus came, he voluntarily, listen to this, he voluntarily restricted himself. He voluntarily limited himself and did not use some of his divine attributes during his earthly ministry to completely submit submit and surrender to the will of the Father. Beloved, this is the greatest display of humility in all creation and eternity. And this is also why we celebrate the Christ of Christmas. We must not allow absolutely nothing, anything else to compete with our Savior, our Messiah, our Jesus at Christmas. Football shouldn't come before Jesus at Christmas. Presents shouldn't come before Jesus at, at Christmas time. Jesus is, it, Christmas is about Jesus. Christmas is about Jesus. Won't you say it with me? Christmas is about Jesus. Can you say it again? Christmas is about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. As people look at your life this Christmas, as people look at your life this Christmas, can they see the Christ of Christmas in you? As people look at your life this Christmas, do they see Christmas in Jesus in you? Or do they see an old gripey windbag? <laughs> Selfish, mean, stingy, complaining, uh, grouchy, fussy, messy. Or you say, I see Jesus all over the matter of fact. I looked at her and I kept looking at him and I look at their demeanor. I look at their posture. I look how they give. I look how they witness. I look how they, how they carry themselves, behave themselves. I just see Jesus all over them. Your lifestyle ought to lead somebody to Christ. As people look at your life, can they see Jesus in you? I declare to you today that Jesus is the reason not only for the season, but for all of life. Oh, I think I said it again so it can resonate with you. I want you to say it loud as you can. Christmas is about Jesus. Christmas is about Jesus. Christmas is about Jesus. Shine, 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 shine December 1st, shine December 5th, shine December 18th, shine December 25th, shine December 31st, shine January 1, shine in February 2024, shine and shine and shine and shine, shine till you get happy, uh, you, shine till you think yourself happy, shine because God is on the throne of your life. Shine because it's well with your soul because you have the life of God living in you who is Christmas living in you. And all God's children say it. And all God's children say it. And all God's children say it. Can you say hallelujah? Can you say hallelujah? Can you say hallelujah? Can you say thank you, Jesus? Can you say thank you, Jesus? Aren't you glad he's on the throne? I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad Jesus is on the throne. He's my Christmas. And all God's children said, and Father, we thank you for this message. So doctrinal, so insightful. I know it's not a well-liked message, but I really don't care. I just want to please you. 
I want to glorify you because ultimately I must answer to you. It's not what the people say. It's not what the pundits say. It's what, what saith the Lord. Folk are hearing too much misinformation. And they're talking too much about stuff that has no eternal value. Help us to keep the main thing the main thing. And talk about the Christ of Christmas and be excited. Thank you for this part one on the message of the wise men. And I can't wait, Father, if you let me live, I'll preach part two till I get happy. I love you, Jesus. I adore you. I bless you. And we're here to celebrate Christ this Christmas season and all year round. And all God's children said, you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Christmas is wrapped up in John 3.16. Why don't we just say it together? You know it. Ready? Go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth should not but John 3.16 is Christmas. It's enough from that one verse to save you right now. Regardless of your ethnicity, regardless of your past, regardless of the most atrocious thing you ever done, Jesus came to save his blood so that you have a right relationship and live in peace with God in a troubled world. Thank God that he gave us a way out of our unholy mess because we've all sinned. We've all fallen short and there's none righteous. No, not one. But I thank God that he came to save us and set our captive souls free. I submit to you today that Christ is enough for you. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching and would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit MaranathaSA.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109. And if you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity.